Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. You guys know what it is. It is Faribault Friday here on Steelers Afternoon Drive. Not Alan Saunders joining me as uh, noted by the name. We have Nick Faribault here with us. Uh, Nick, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on, Smitty? It's always good to be on the pod, of course. Um, Alan. It's been a couple weeks, actually. I went back and looked. It's been Yeah, it's been a little bit, hasn't it? Alan has been dominating this podcast and Gave his thankfulness yesterday. Well, now he should be. Th- he is thankful that he has a day off of the podcast because he's been grinding on here. So I'll fill in today for a little bit. And uh, always exciting to talk a little Steelers. I, I give a little bit of a different perspective, I think, sometimes than Alan. So yeah. um, always interesting to mix it up. Sure. And I'm sure Alan will be very thankful when he gets his voice back and back to 100% uh, as well. That's actually why he's not out here. But this is typically a day that Nick would be on here anyway. So I'm not saying it works out perfectly because I obviously don't want Alan to be sick. But it is a fair ball Friday, which we always enjoy here on the show. Nick, we will do our predictions later in the show. We're going to talk about some interesting matchups in this game against the Bengals. First and foremost, let's talk about players that aren't going to be part of the matchup. Minka Fitzpatrick said to miss his fourth straight game. Mont Adams also going to miss this one. Uh, looked like he he was a little bit closer. It seemed like he was starting to work his way back. Minka still hasn't practiced uh, as he tries to come back from this hamstring injury, which we know can be very tricky. But uh, without those guys, you know, you could look at what the blueprint would be against Cleveland, and maybe it's just the exact same thing. Obviously, Trenton Thompson is a guy that we expect to start and make his place again. But now you don't even have like Elijah Riley behind him as the backup safety. They're going to have to probably elevate somebody from the practice squad. You know, how do you think that they make up for this absence again for a second straight week against a Cincinnati offense that doesn't do things the exact same way as the Cleveland offense? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Trenton Thompson's definitely going to start. Uh, that makes right. sense to me. Killebrew is your only backup safety, technically. Pat mm-hmm. Pete will probably get some work back there. He has in recent weeks. Um, I don't know if we're going to see anyone come up. I don't think Eric Rowe's quite ready yet to come up as that vet DB. Um, Jalen Elliott is still on the roster. Maybe he gets yeah, the Jalen call. Elliott was the one I was thinking about before uh, Rowe, just because of the time. Yeah. Like We haven't seen I'll him. I'll just say this. I will say this. I didn't get any indication this week that he was on the way up. So okay. three safeties, I guess, into this one, um, which is interesting. Um, maybe Shannon Sullivan gets some work back there. Um, I think what about, could I, let me ask this, because we saw him play a little bit of safety on that Thursday night game. Could Darius Rush get a helmet in this one? Yeah, I, I think I think he will. Um, I, I think they kind of have to. And, and I think it's interesting, you know, because I do expect them. I do expect we're going to get another elevation this week for Tariq Carpenter. Because Blake Martinez and Miles Jack probably are not quite ready to go yet. Yeah. Um, so I do think Terry Carpenter is going to come up for special teams purposes and and all of that, and make sure they have four linebackers to work with. But when you do that, obviously you have to make another person inactive. So you have the two guys inactive. But I think Pierre, I don't think James Pierre is going to play um, personally. If he doesn't sure. play, I think I think right. yeah, I think I think if he doesn't play, Rush just gets one, kind of by virtue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Darius Rush might have a shot here to play. In those sub packages, um, which I think is interesting to see. I do think, you know, Mon Adams is close. Like Mon Adams will play next week um, for sure. I think he's getting there. They're kind of testing it out, getting him ready to go. Um, I, I think Minka, meanwhile, is still a ways away. We'll see kind of where he's at. Um, but obviously, to me, Minka is a significant injury. Each week he is out. I think they've done well without him. I think they have really fought hard and persevered without him. But obviously when he is back, they are going to be a much better defense um, than they were right now. Even if Thompson plays well, and I'll give a shout out, I think DeMonte Casey's played quite well 
um, in the absence of Minka Fitzpatrick. So I do think there are some positives, but obviously Minka, whenever he comes back, is going to be a huge difference maker. That seems to be the theme as guys stepping up, you know, with the injuries. Casey's played better with Minka out. Trenton Thompson obviously stepping up in a big way. You go to the linebacker room. You couldn't have asked for a better performance from a Landon Roberts than what he gave you last Sunday. And I thought Michael Walker played very well uh, in considering the circumstances as well in spot duty, playing 84% of the snaps. Didn't see any of Mark Robinson like we thought we would in this matchup specifically against Cleveland. And Cincinnati makes more sense for Walker anyway. So you would assume that he plays a good uh, portion of this game too. Is that how you see it? as well. Nick, you think we see a lot of Landon Roberts and Walker for this one? Absolutely. I think those two are your starters. Even when Blake Martinez and Miles Jack are up to speed, those are your two starters. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I think they see more long-term upside in a guy like um, like my, Michael Walker. You know, We're talking about a guy that's only 26 years old. Um, if he ends up being a decent starting level player, that's a guy that could be here for a little bit. Um, which can obviously shorten up him. Like, how did he land into the Steelers' arms like this? You know, where they had him on the practice squad. Yeah, kind of odd. Um, the Falcons released him, and then he didn't catch on um, with any other team for yeah. a significant period of time. Went to Chicago, but they had like ten linebackers. The Raiders never really took him that seriously as an option. The Steelers did, though. They like the tape. He's kind of an interesting player um, because in twenty twenty one. He was playing really well to start the year, then suffered an injury, never really looked like himself after that, and kind of got mm -hmm. phased out. But before that, he was he had a reputation as a really solid linebacker, a really good coverage linebacker, so a versatile player um, and really smart. So I'm kind of interested to see what we see in Mike Walker. Um, maybe he doesn't need to be – maybe the issue was that they made him be the alpha dog of the room. Uh, he was the green dog. Yeah. He was the main tackler. He was that guy. He is what Alan Roberts is right now. Um, maybe the issue is that he had too much on his plate. Maybe he as a secondary rotational piece, and that's where he fits in. And maybe really when you look at it, you know, I mean, the Falcons linebacking linebacker core is like, it's not an elite room, but they have some young guys they probably wanted to see. And maybe they were just out on it, um, which is what it is. Sometimes though, you know, everyone assumes sometimes when a guy gets cut and is kind of out there, he's not always at anything, but Listen, that before, you know, some of these guys have turned into legitimate guys. Montrevious Adams was a guy they nabbed off the Saints practice squad um, at one mm -hmm. point. Um, he's obviously turned out to be a decent player. Um, sometimes it just happens that way. Some guys, I mean, James Harrison got cut how many times? I mean, these guys sometimes do slip through the cracks even when they play that much. It can happen. Um, I don't think he's going to be like a star or anything, but can he be a solid rotational piece? Uh, if the tape holds from what he did on Sunday, he had a great game against the Browns, I thought. Um, so if they can hold, I, I think they have an opportunity here to maybe maybe get a guy that can legitimately be a rotational piece for them, especially with with how kind of unsure next year's linebacking core is, just yeah. because how long is Cole Holcomb out? How long is Quan out? And do you resign Quan and all of that? So um, certainly I, I feel like Michael Walker has a future investment, so I expect him to be a starter as long as he continues to play well. Yeah, and let's stick on the defensive side of the ball. I know that I want to get your take on the offense, obviously, because we haven't had you on here since the uh, offensive personnel has switched a little bit on the staff. Um, but defensively, there's one matchup on here that I think everybody's kind of circling. Obviously, it's not going to be Joe Burrow throwing him the ball, but Jamar Chase, obviously somebody you always have to keep close tabs on. Steelers fans very elated with the early returns of the Joey Porter Jr. investment. Think that we see a lot of that matchup on Sunday? Like, I don't know that we're going to see shadowing, but I think that the two are going to see quite a bit of each other. Yeah, I think they're going to see a lot of each other, man. That's a fun matchup. This is Joey's biggest matchup of the year to me, um, just in terms of 
what he's going to actually face in premier receivers. You know, he faced Devontae Adams a little bit, right? But he was just some yeah. packages. So not really. Um, but now he's got Jamar Chase twice. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. going to be really fun to watch. Um, he, because Jamar is a different style than anyone he's faced. Um, not quite the route runner Coop is, right? Mark Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL, but Chase is an elite athlete, probably the best athlete Joey has faced to this point, in my opinion. Um, can win the ball above the rim, can get open. Like, I don't think – I think Cooper, to me, is one of, like, the top five route runners in the game. But mm-hmm. I think you also look at Chase, he's not that far behind. So it's going to be a fun matchup because let's see what Joey's made of. Um, now, I think that you have to give him some help. I would like to see them put someone over the top for him and not leave him on an island because I think I don't care, like, who you have on him. I, I don't even know – if I would trust the best corner in the game to guard that guy all game one-on-one, I just think you're asking for trouble with Jamar Chase like that. Um, no T Higgins, I think allows them to do that a little bit too. Uh, you know, they don't yeah. have the guy that historically, you know, not that Chase hasn't had good games against the Steelers. He has had good games against them, but historically the guy that has really killed Pittsburgh has been T Higgins where, you know, they'll focus a lot on Chase and T Higgins will just rip off play after play after play and it feels like they can't stop him well he's out so um i'm kind of interested to see what they do here can't let tyler boyd just like kill them obviously can't let joe mixon kill them on the ground but i think if you can bracket jamar and, and kind of stop him i think the biggest reason why you might be able to see jamar slow down a little bit what is jake browning's deep ball like where is it right that's such a big part of this offense is the burrow mm-hmm. to chase deep ball like without it, are you really threatened to play that far off of Jamar Chase? Like I think that's the question. Or can you play up on him a little bit more? And can you do some different things there? Because how is Jake Browning's offense going to operate? Like we saw last week, they ran basically the Burrow offense. That's because that was the Burrow game plan. And Browning didn't look very good, to be quite honest with you. He looked okay, but didn't look particularly good. So are we going to see a DTR-ish? offense where they try to get chase in space and let him cook for yak um i don't know i don't think so i think you have to still throw that deep ball a little bit it's part of your identity it's part of your offense and jamar is so good at it um so i feel like you have to do that but i don't know i I think joey's gonna have a handful in though this is gonna be tough i think he he got better against cooper the more he faced him but never was perfect on that final drive they got him twice um so i'm interested to see what he does to counter that but We'll see with Joey. Um, this is a big test for him uh, this week, especially with the, the type of athlete he is facing in Jamar Chase. And so there's really not a great matchup uh, on the roster for for Jamar Chase. I, I just don't think Joey is quite there yet, but let's see. If he rises to the occasion, obviously that will be a huge statement. Yeah, I mean, and and with uh, with what they have, obviously, with no Burrow, with no T. Higgins, you would think they would like to get Joe Mixon going on the ground first and foremost. Um, so obviously, the Steelers would love to slow down the run and make Browning have to make plays with his arm to beat them. Who do you think is favored in that matchup, though? Like, how do you feel about the Bengals' run game going up against the Steelers' front seven? The Steelers should be able to slow that team down, and the reason I say that is is because your whole objective, to me is going to be wanting to get Browning to beat you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that was what the game plan was last week. It's like, you're not going to let Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford 
give DTR enough help. You're going to make DTR force things. And if he beats you, he beats you. And for the large part, he didn't. They only allowed 13 points. Um, and they punted, I believe, nine times. So um, that game plan worked to me. If the offense was even semi-competent, they win that game. Um, so really, to me, you look at, at that performance and you say, okay, you feel good about that. Browning's a different player than DTR, obviously, but similar in the way that they kind of operate in terms of reading defenses. Um, so to me, when I look at, you know, Cincinnati's rushing offense, it's not a prolific rushing attack, like at all. It's one of the worst in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, but the last, last week they did get a nice game uh, out of their rushing offense. I think they, they ran for 136 yards, but I mean, really that is, that is a tough sell. They only average about 80 yards per game. And I like Joe Mixon, but you know, this, this Bengals line, it's, it's a solid group. But it's not a group that you look at and say that's a great run blocking team. Like right. Jonah Williams, solid pass protector, like not an elite run blocker, right? Like you don't look at this team and say that's an elite run blocking group. Cordell Volson and Ted Karras and Alex Kappa, like solid players. I'm just not sure they're great, you know, elite run blockers. Orlando Brown's a great run blocker, but like mm-hmm. it is not a unit to me that you should be getting pounded on. Like I don't think you should be so i think as long as they hold hold still and, and keep their gaps i think they'll be okay um we we've still seen one or two runs per game where it looks like it could go you know the packers game dylan had his big burst up for 40 um even against the browns there was one play where uh alex Highsmith comes from behind at like the last second and makes a tackle but hunt would have been one-on-one in the alley with Trenton Thompson, and if Thompson doesn't make the tackle, he's gone for like 90 yards. Like, it was complete bust. Um, so there are some things to me to still work on, but I think the run defense has gotten a lot better. Like, Cam Hayward's inclusion, I think, has been great. The more Landon Roberts plays, the better it gets because he's a great run defender. And I'll say this, Trenton Thompson's a really good run defender too. I think, like, the thing about the replacements they have in is you might have suspect coverage options, but – what they don't have to me is suspect run defenders. Like all these guys are good run defenders mm-hmm. and even more, more so, you know, with Montrevis Adams being out, it's a lot more for Isaiah Loudermilk to play. And Loudermilk's been pretty good in run defense. Um, so they've, they've had guys step up in run defense that I think has really allowed them to uh, do that. But the Bengals have been passed first all year. So with Browning, are they pass first or are they going to go to more run first? I know for sure. If I was Zach Taylor, I'd lean on Lakes. But mm-hmm. do you trust your run game to do that? I don't know. I think the Steelers, the Steelers' run defense in recent weeks has been pretty solid. Like it's not been right. a bad group. Like the stats will tell you, right? It's not a good group. But in recent weeks, I mean, we are talking about a defense that has certainly played better than its stat line. And so, really, when I look at well, they're also. Nick, th- there was a point in this year where they were giving up a- over 170 on the ground just a few weeks yeah. ago. They're now at 127.7 yards on the ground. Yeah, in the last show you weeks, what they've done the last few weeks. Last three weeks, averaging just over a hair of 100. So, yeah. I mean, I'll say this: if you allow 30 carries for 105 yards, I mean, I don't think the Steelers are going to be right. mad at that at all. Um, you're going to put Jake Browning in a lot of bad areas. To me, um, the Browns, for example, only ran for like 95 yards. Um, and obviously that made them very one-dimensional. So I think as long as you can make them one-dimensional, that's what you want. Um, and, and so secondary is just going to have to make plays, man. 
Yeah, I agree. I want to talk about the Steelers offense, though, because we haven't gotten your take on this on the podcast, at least yet. But obviously, over the last week, the Steelers finally listened to all those chants being heard on College Game Day, the Pat McAfee show, at Penguin Games, at the Capitol. Matt Canada was relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. Running back coach Eddie Faulkner takes over as OC, although quarterback coach Mike Sullivan will be the one calling plays on game day. Nick, you can't implement a brand new offense in week 12. Anybody that expected there to be some like sweeping overhaul of the offense, I think, is uh, was delusional going into this. Kenny Pickett confirmed that that wouldn't be the case when he spoke to the media this week. But how can this offense look different? You know, is it just a matter of play sequencing, building one thing off of another and, and you know, doing things a little bit different? on game day or like what can we expect from this offense if there is going to be anything that looks different about it yeah no it's just small tweaks um listen they didn't change the entire run scheme either and all of a yeah. sudden it's better right they just went to more pulling guards Roderick jones went in the lineup like it was just little things um little tweaks details running out of lighter personnel um stuff like that spreading them out out of shotgun like different things more jalen warren like that the like personnel adjustments so to me, there are some tweaks you can make. I don't think there's like super meaningful tweaks. Like we're not going to see, for example, we're not going to see them run Mike McDaniel's offense all of a sudden. This is going to be Canada's <laughs> offense still. But you right. can take different spots of the playbook that haven't been highlighted enough and put them in there. Their play action series over the middle of the field, it absolutely exists. It exists in that playbook. They just didn't run it a lot. So can mm-hmm. you – use play action and motion to be more meaningful components of the offense. Um, the, the biggest tweak to me that it can, that can be made isn't even schematic. It's just timing details, communication, stop killing yourselves. That's what the biggest thing to me is when they like, I, I I've seen a lot of people credit the Browns defense for how they looked last week. Not that the Browns defense isn't a great defense. They are, but I feel like a lot of their issues last week were self-inflicted. How many times did we see Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett off the mark from one another? How many times did we see timings on screens off the mark, miscommunications on play calls? It just mounts and mounts and mounts. And so a lot of negativity comes about from those. And so to me, that's the biggest thing that can be tweaked. The timing on screens, like that should be a thing that is done by week four. The Steelers are a terrible screen team because they're terrible with rhythm and timing stuff. I also just feel like in rhythm and timing routes, they're not good at it. When Kenny Pickett tries to throw with with anticipation, either one, he just goes off the read and completely collapses, or two, what actually happens is the receiver's not ready for it. Like that's that happens a few times. They run the wrong route. Like a lot of it to me is really just get on the same page, guys. Like they need more out of Kenny Pickett. There's no doubt about that. I want to see more out of Kenny Pickett. I want to see them test his ability to throw the middle of the field. I don't care if it leads to potential turnovers. They need to. Like, because right now you're going three and out every series. Like that is a turnover. Like I, I think people don't realize that like you are essentially turning the ball over every time going three and out and not getting these sustained drives. You are taking a run game that is giving you over 150 yards every single time you go out there and completely squandering it. Like if the run game gets you from the 20 to the 50, your pass game should be able to get you into the 20. You don't even need to get touchdowns. Like at this point, I would accept 
six balls field goals. Like that would be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like they just need to get over into plus territory and stop hurting themselves to get out of plus territory consistently. So that's the biggest thing that can happen to me is get those cleaned up and that can be fixed. Like that is a, the communication stuff can be fixed in a week. That should be a week. That's, that's how easy that, that should be fixed. Run the right route depth. Like that is something that can be fixed. All of this can be fixed in a week. And so to me, that's where they can make the most. Hey, I would like to see them attack the middle of the field more, open up that area of, of the playbook a little bit more. I would like to see them continue to run Jalen Warren a little bit more. Um, I would like personally um, to see just more route concepts in general. I would like to see the route tree get better. Like what I wrote this today, I would like to see them self-scout a little bit. Yeah. Like how many times do they throw the ball to the running back in the flat? All the time, right? How about we turn that into a wheel route once and try and, and get a guy open? Or you make the guy run out to the flat and then cut back in on an angle route. Like, let Jalen Warren and Najee Harris do that. They can do that. They're good running backs. They're good receiving backs. Like, self-scout a little bit and break tendency. I would like to see them do that a little bit. Again, these are things that I know are in the playbook, and they just haven't used them. So I, I think things like that can, can definitely help them. Um, these little tweaks we're talking about. I don't need this offense to be an elite offense. I don't want it to go to top five all of a sudden. Like, it's not going to happen, right? They're not going to become a top five offense. They don't even have yeah. the talent to do that, to be quite honest with you. I just need it to right. be 18th. Like, that's what you need to be. You have a top five rushing offense the past three or four weeks mm-hmm. in the NFL right now. So if your passing offense is even, like, 16th in the NFL, you're a good offense. Like, that's a solid offense. And if they could score 23, 24 points a game, like – with how the defense is playing, I think you feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, since week seven, their run game EPA per play is third. Their rushing success rate is fourth. They've been coaching on the ground for sure. I think, you know, that's why it's almost, I mean, definitely concerning, but like really have to wonder how are they not able to build any type of passing game with the success that they're having on the ground and teams having to key on that. That's the next step for this offense, right? Is to find some way to keep these teams honest and not be able to just totally commit to the run game. That's it. I mean, well, listen, the Browns sold out for the run game and they still hit it down right. their yeah. throat. Like that mm-hmm. was the most impressive thing to me. When people were asking, is the run game legit? They faced seven, eight guys in the box and still kicked the Browns teeth in, like consistently. So to me, that was like the most impressive thing. The running backs created. I thought the, the blocking was pretty good. Like everyone is clicking on all cylinders in the run game right now. It is going perfectly. Mm-hmm. The detail in the run game is where it needs to be. That's why, right? They, they hit timing perfectly. The cuts are right on time. The double teams are reaching to the right spots. Like all of this is going well. But here's the thing. When you have a running game like that, why is the reward in the passing game a two-yard flat to Allen Robinson? Like, why is that the, the play you build off? Like, no one is threatened by that. And what mm-hmm. that does to the run game then is, okay, this corner is going to see Allen Robinson coming in motion. He's not going to back off. He's going to creep up. So that guy gets in the run fit then. And so that can lead to negative runs if they just shoot the hole which is exactly what happened on Najee Harris's five-yard loss that kicked them out of field goal range when they got to the 40-yard line. And so that would have put them in the lead and made them 13-10. to 10. That obviously would have been huge for them if they had just kept moving the ball down the field a little bit. 
And so to me, the next step for this team is just, it doesn't need to be even a good passing game. It just needs to be an average passing game. And so, right. I mean, they have the talent capable. I don't even care what you think of Kenny Pickett. If you think Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett sucks, cool. I see Zach Wilson move the football up and down the field still. He turns the ball over, but he moves mm-hmm. the football. Like, I see all right. these bad quarterbacks, like, moving the ball up and down the football field. Kenny Pickett can move the ball up and down the football field. He did it last year. Like, you can't tell me he can't do it. He did. He's done it at times this year. Like, he has done it. The Rams game comes to mind as a big game where I thought they were – I thought that was the best passing offense has, like, looked all year. That game was – they really were were hitting on all cylinders. They were hitting on slants. They were hitting on back shoulders. Like, I thought if they get – if they get six more Rams games from here on out in the passing game, they'll be fine. The stat lines won't be prolific. Kenny Pickett's stat line won't be super out of this world. He'll probably still sure. get clowned for his lack of touchdown passes. But mm-hmm. the Steelers are going to be winning football games if they do that. If they can just hit the passes they need to hit, give him more layups too. I know he's hit, he missed some of the layups, but there's things they can do to get there. But the biggest contingent I will say is they do need more out of him. They're, they're getting mm-hmm. nothing out of Kenny Pickett right now. They're getting nothing out of him. He has been terrible. He's been missing reads, but I don't think all of it is on him. He definitely shoulders weight. There's no doubt about it, but a lot of it is on detail, communication, and all that. So just beyond detail, communication, all that, they need more from Kenny Pickett. They need him to hit the layups. They need him to do that because, as I've said, I haven't said it on here, but when we were talking about Canada – it was a multi-layered problem, right? It wasn't just Matt Canada, it wasn't just the pass pro. It was Ken, it wasn't just Kenny Pickett. Like it was all of them. like it, it, mm-hmm. everyone shoulders some of this blame. Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett probably more than the rest of them. Well, now you take one of those out. Hopefully, Eddie Falker's detail-oriented coaching catches on, and they are able to do that. And Kenny Pickett is able to see even modest returns. I don't need him to have a great stat line. It would be cool if he threw for three touchdowns. That would be great. But listen, if he throws for 220, one touchdown, and no picks, and they run for 175, I would bet they're going to win most games um, as long as they don't turn the ball over there because I I think they'd be able to move the football very well. They'd be able to play ball control. And it would mean Kenny Pickett, to me, is hitting his throws that he needs to hit. And that's what you need right now. I just need game manager stuff from him. That's all you Mm need. This run game, he's not even game manager level right now, though. And I do wonder how much sure. of that was around him and, and guys getting into his head. Um, so hopefully this reset means something for Kenny Pickett. He's the biggest thing to watch this week, but details, all of that, also something to watch this week is very important against the Bengals. And I haven't even mentioned it. They should be able to run on this Bengals run defense. It's the second worst run defense in the NFL. Um, so mm-hmm. the safeties cannot tackle. Um, that is like the biggest thing. The Steelers cannot tackle. Now they have Jordan Battle in there last week. Sounds like he's going to start. He did tackle pretty well, but you should be able to run on on that team. If you can run on the Browns, you should be able to run on on this Bengals unit, even with Sam Hubbard back. Um, I I think you should be able to run pretty well on this team. Uh, Last thing before we get to predictions, you mentioned that George Pickens, who was back at practice, did a go for Sunday, talked a little bit about this, too, you know, with the offense and stuff like that. First time he spoke and since there was an offensive coordinator change, anything interesting come of that? 
Yeah, I thought he placed some blame on the receivers, which I thought was interesting. And I think it is valid to a degree. Obviously, I think you think Deontay George and that unit is probably one of the better units on the team, let alone the offense. But mm -hmm. uh, I do think their detail has been lacking, whether, you know, be not being on the same page. I don't know whose fault the communications were, but they certainly need to be on the same page as their quarterback. Um, they certainly need to run better routes. I just want more effort throughout the route. I want more detail. Um, I, I want more, I want better route kind of depth and, and taking it to the right areas of the, the concept. I just think that there are better details they can get better at. Um, so I think there are things that they can do to get better. I think I would like to see them be more consistent too. Um, I just think sometimes with these guys, it's a roller coaster ride where you have wide two wide receiver one talents in Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and sometimes they don't play like it. So it'd be nice to get a little more consistency and, again, just get back to the basics of it. So I think there are some things they can do better uh, in that area. I also would include Pat Fryermuth in this as well, um, mm -hmm. getting him out in the slot, running crisper routes, um, letting him kind of do things there. Um, I think people are being a little too harsh on Pat Frymuth. I get he hasn't played well this year, but he's played in essentially four games all year. And he hasn't been great most. But one thing I will say is he hasn't been used right, straight up. We're talking about a guy that's being asked to base block DNs. That's not him. He's a slot receiver. He's a big receiver. That's what he is. He's not, he's not mm -hmm. just blocking inline tight end. They just need to stop making him that and just let yeah. him cook from the slot. Um, I would like to see him kind of go go there. Uh, more than that. So we'll see kind of where they go. Um, the offense, man, I think with some tweaks can look better. Again, I'm not asking for the world to move here. I don't think they need to. I think they just need to get to a, a basic passing offense level so teams have to respect it and they can hurt teams with it um, because the pass, passing game obviously has been – I mean, they got nothing out of it last week, just absolutely yeah. nothing. So it, they just need a, a little bit – just a little bit out of it, and I think they'll be better. Yeah, it's weird that you, you mentioned the misutilization of Pat Fryermuth. I mean, you, you used a third-round pick to draft a guy to do what they're asking Fryermuth to do. Like, he, you shouldn't even have to put him in that position. That's why you drafted Darnell Washington. Um, but I digress, Nick. Let's get into some predictions. So not only the score, but I also want one bold prediction of something that is going to happen in this game. Whether okay. that's somebody odd scoring a touchdown or somebody getting a turnover, something like that, throw something out there for me. All right. Um, I do think the Steelers are going to win this game. Um, listen, man, I think Jake Brown stinks. Maybe I'm wrong on this. And someone clips this and says, well, what an idiot. But <laughs> I don't think he's very good. Um, I do not think he's very good. Um, so I think that they should be able to slow down this offense, even if they hit a few plays. And I really think they're going to be able to run the football very well in this game, too. I think that's something that I think will really help this team uh, in this game, be able to run the football, um, kind of get out in space, do some things. I think they'll be a little better in the passing game. No Cam Taylor Britt is big in this game. Mm -hmm. He's their yeah. ball hawk. If Kenny can take care of the football, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll get a turnover in two in this one too. So I think that'll help them. Um, I have the series winning this one 21 to 13. That's my prediction. I think they win um, pretty pretty soundly in this one. I think they'll, they'll look like a better team. I, I like how the Steelers' defense is going right now. Um, okay, my prediction is that you will see a an interception by – Michael Walker. That's my prediction. 
Okay. I like that one. I'm going to say that Jake Browning tries to rely too heavily and forces our chase and Joey Porter Jr. gets one on him. Um, score wise, I was kind of in line. I'm in lockstep with you. Um, but I'll do, I'll do 22 to 10 Steelers in this one, which, by the way, a double digit win. I mean, oh. that's basically propping your feet up, eating popcorn, stress free for the Steelers. Like with the way that their games typically go, you get a double digit win. The fans are like, what is this? 22 to 10 to win, but they go down 10 nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wouldn't, I, very possible, wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, right. Fourth quarter, Kenny coming out to to the lift but uh yeah i I, all i'm saying to to everybody here is just just look for some growth just look for details just look for kenny pickett hitting the layups like folks Mm -hmm. the bar is so low right now it is so low for the passing game i mean the only passing game they have looked better than so far is the tim boyle jets like that team this is a terrible game (laughs) that that is going on right now with tim boyle but uh Mm -hmm. That that like they they the bar folks is twenty feet under the ground right now, so just ask. I'm just asking for a below average passing offense. I think that would get yeah. Them. Yep, yeah, like twenty sixth, twenty set, like twenty fifth. Like they could be fine, even in that range. Um, but okay, let's uh, let's get out of here, Nick. Before we do that, of course, tell the people where they can find you and get more of your work. Yeah, you could follow me at Fairball FB on. X or Twitter, whatever you care to call it. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Steelers Now YouTube page as well and make sure to read more at SteelersNow.com. There we go. Like Nick said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below. Let's get your predictions as well in the comments here. If you're listening somewhere else, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever your podcast platform of choice is, be sure to leave us a five-star review over there as well. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH, Nick Farabaugh, myself. Alan Saunders should be back on Monday. So until then, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride with us on the Steelers Afternoon Draft. (laughs) 